All right, well, if you have your Bibles or your phone or your iPad or the paper notes, you can turn with me to Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6, towards the end of the, the Old Testament, one of what's known as one of the minor prophets, Hosea 6. Actually, I referenced him in a story from this book a couple of uh, Sundays ago. But we're, this is where we're going to begin today. And, and there's, a, there's a, a line in these texts I'm about to read that's going to kick off and be the theme of a new series that we're continuing today. Hosea chapter 6. Beginning in verse 1, it says this, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, now he will heal us. He has injured us, now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. I want you to underline that if you have your Bible, highlight it or circle it on your notes. So you, you may live in his presence. Oh, that we may know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. Now, let me just tell you the context of this scripture. Uh, in this scripture, Israel was under God's uh, righteous judgment because they had turned away from the Lord. They continuously were turning away from 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 the Lord God Almighty and worshiping idols. Uh, and so uh, the prophet Hosea and other religious leaders at the time were calling the people to repent and turn to the Lord, to turn back to the Lord. But he wasn't just calling them back to religion or to rituals. And for some of them, it had became, that's why I said some of the religious leaders, it had become a religion and, and more rituals of sacrificing uh, and, and, and offerings and stuff. And so he's calling them back to repentance and to come back to the Lord. But look at what verse 2 says. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. This morning, we're beginning a brand new series called Living in His Presence. Living in His Presence. Let me start out by explaining some things about the presence of God. Again, because the context here was not just to come back to, to the Lord in a religion or what we know, just certain traditional things uh, that we do, but to, to actually live in God Almighty's presence. So let me explain a couple of things about the presence of God, kind of lay some groundwork for today's message and for this series. Now, there's there's really three parts of God's presence. There's the omnipresence of God. I just actually prayed that as I was saying, hey, God knows where you're at. He knows which, exactly what you're going through. Over 7 billion people on this planet, and God can be with every one of them all at one time, right? That's the omnipresence of God, right? He's He's everywhere at once. The inner presence of God and then the manifest presence of God. Again, I just mentioned omnipresent means God's everywhere, and he holds everything together. Look at what Psalm 139.7, King David says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence, right? He's talking about the omnipresence of God. He's saying I can never flee from God's presence because he's everywhere, right? But then there's the inner presence of God. And this is when God comes to live within us and he fills us with his presence. This happens when we get saved, when we get born again, God comes to live on the inside of us. Look, speaking of the Holy Spirit, look at what Jesus said in John 14, John 14, 17. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you, right? So when we come into a relationship with God through Christ, we have the inner presence of God. And then there's the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is when God makes his presence fully known to us. Like we can know that, that, that God is everywhere all the time, but his manifest presence is when he makes his presence 
known. And we'll talk about more of that just in a few minutes. So we often experience God's presence like when we come to the service, services or to a prayer meeting. How many of you sense the presence of God this morning during worship, right? You can sense God's presence here as we worship together. Or again, as we're about to start prayer meetings tomorrow. A lot of times when we have powerful prayer meetings in January, you can sense God's presence. But we can experience and live in his presence each and every day. Do you believe that? In the manifest presence of God. So again, today I want to start out by laying some groundwork about the presence of God. But before we jump into the meat of it, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're omnipotent, Lord God. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. Thank you for for the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And we thank you for your manifest presence where you make yourself known to us. Lord, I pray that you would make yourself known to us in a greater way this morning, but a greater way this year. As we're believing for new things, may your manifest presence be new in our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So number one, what is the manifest presence of God? I just hit on it quickly, but let's let's dive into that. What is the manifest presence of God? See, God started, let's go back to the beginning in Genesis. God started his relationship with human beings when he was walking and talking with Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Right? I just started reading through. It started just yesterday, day one, reading through uh, the, the Bible again. Started back in Genesis. I love reading. I'll talk about more later. I love starting in Genesis the first day of the year. And when I start reading the first part of the Bible in the beginning, right? The beginning of the year. And I'm, I'm reading about Adam and Eve again, right? He's, he's, he's walking with Adam and Eve. He creates Adam and Eve. And this is, he's in a relationship with them in this perfect environment. And then Adam and Eve sin by disobeying a direct command from God. And let's look at what happened next. Genesis 3.8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, look at this, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Let me stop and say this. Sin always causes us to try to hide from God. They were walking in the very presence of God. And then they sinned. They, they, they disobeyed a deliberate command. That you can, he said, you can eat of every, every fruit from every tree in the garden except for this one. And yet they were the, the deceived by the, the, the serpent and they ate. See, Satan will do everything he can to convince you that you shouldn't worship because of what you've done. Even when you come to church, you may come to church, but you think, man, I, I probably shouldn't raise my hands today or try to sing alone because, you know, I messed up yesterday. You know, you know what? Satan will try to convince you. And that's what he does. Just like he deceived the woman and then eventually the man, he was, he, that's a whole other message. He didn't take his rightful role. He was right there with his wife. He's the one that actually got the literal command and they messed up. And so they tried to hide themselves from God. And then what Satan does is he comes and he accuses and he condemns. And I'll try to tell you, you're not worthy to worship this morning. But the truth is, is when you blow it, is when you really need to enter God's presence. We shouldn't try to hide from the Lord when we mess up, because we all mess up, right? All of us do. We shouldn't try to hide. No, we should run to the presence of God. See, you can enter his presence boldly because of the blood of Jesus. I love when Hosea says that back then. He says, you know what? He will restore us so we can live in his presence. The way that the Lord restores us is through Jesus. He sent his son many, many years, thousands of years later after that happened, the original sin with Adam. Jesus is known as the second Adam, and he came to restore us back to God. And because of that, no matter if you've blown it or not, we shouldn't hide from God's manifest presence. Look at Hebrews 4, 14, and 16. So when 
So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, who's this? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness. Let me pause right here and say, a lot of people think that when, when they mess up, God's ready to beat them over the head or gets tired of them, tired of them messing up. But what does the Bible say? He understands our weakness. Because Jesus was a human just like us. But then it goes on to say, for he faced the same testings as we did, yet he did not sin. Jesus understands that he was perfect and he didn't sin. But because of this, because he understands, and he's our great high priest now, look what the Bible says. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Now listen, this doesn't give us a license to sin. I'm saying when you mess up and you blow it and you know you have, you know, again, he was calling them to repentance. Repent and then come back into the presence of God. Don't ever let the enemy tell you when you come to church on Sunday morning or a prayer meeting or at your house in your worship, you can't worship today because of what you've done. No, repent of your sin, lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord. Enter into his presence again, right? Now it says Adam and Eve hid from God's presence, but this couldn't have been the omnipresence because we know God is everywhere, right? No, where were they? They were hiding from God's manifest presence. They said they heard him walking through the garden, right? In the cool of the day or as the cool breezes blow. And actually in the original Hebrew language, that word or that phrase, the cool of the day actually refers to God's presence as well. And so they were walking in God's manifest presence. They were, then they were hiding from his manifest presence. Again, the word manifest means to make known, seen, recognized, and understood. So we can know that God is everywhere, his omnipresence, he's everywhere, but his manifest presence means when he makes himself known to us, when we can recognize God and what he's doing and understand him and hear from him and what he's saying. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. So Patrice, she was in our presence during worship, right? But a lot of you in here didn't even know she was here. She was here, but then guess what? She came up on stage and she manifested her presence. She made her presence known by speaking to us and telling us how we can help with the pregnancy center and clinic. Amen. That's a good illustration. See, God is always amongst us, but his manifest presence is whenever he begins and we recognize him speaking to us, directing us, helping us in our lives. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? God wants to make his presence known to us every day. He wants us to recognize that we, he is with us. See, some people know that and they said, yeah, I know God's with me. But do you truly, truly know, not only with head knowledge, but are you experiencing the manifest presence of God? God wants to walk with you, talk with you, bless you, provide for you, heal you, and give you peace. It was God's manifest presence that he promised Moses in Exodus 33. Look at Exodus 33, 12 and 15. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you, remember that phrase as well, and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Listen to the Lord's response. Then the Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See that the Lord was telling Moses, I will walk with you, talk with you, guide you and give you rest every day. He was saying my manifest presence is going to go with you, right? I'm going to be with you, my, the presence. And I love that later on in the New Living Translation, that in that same uh, text, 
Moses goes on to say, it is your presence who sep- that separates us from the rest of the people on the earth. So if God's presence is everywhere, how can Moses say that his presence separates us? Because it's his manifest presence that separates us from everybody on the planet. Amen? Those of us, the church, that are born-again believers, we can walk with, talk with, and hear the Lord. Not everybody can. Not everybody has that privilege. And I'll even show you that in a minute. He wants to do the same for us every day. We must understand that we can live in and walk in the manifest presence of God. Amen? Two, you must know as well, though, you know that you can leave God's presence. You can leave his manifest presence, right? As, as, as David said, where can I ever flee from your presence? Not his omnipresence. God's always everywhere at all times. But I'm talking about you can leave God's manifest presence. Remember in, cha- in, in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve hid from God's presence. In the very next chapter, I'm just reading about this this morning, Genesis chapter 4, Cain murdered his brother Abel. And then look at what it says in Genesis 4.16. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. He left the Lord's presence after he murdered his brother. So again, he couldn't leave God's omnipresence. What he did was he left his manifest presence. Look at Jonah 1, three, uh, 1 through 3. A lot of you are familiar with this story. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Look at this. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Then he paid the fare and went down to it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Both Cain and Jonah fleed from God's manifest presence. Again, he couldn't be fleeing from his omnipresence, but the manifest presence. God gave him a direct command, right? God spoke to him and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, right? He manifest his presence. He spoke to him and gave him direction. He said, nope, I'm not going there. I'm going here and I'm fleeing from what God is telling me to do. His direction, his guidance, his provision, his call, his will for my life. I'm fleeing that and I'm going to go in a different direction. So how do you leave the presence of God? Is it possible for us, me and you, even as born-again believers, to leave God's manifest presence? It is. How do you do that? It's simple. When you don't do what he told you to do. When you don't do, when I don't do what God has told us to do, we actually leave God's manifest presence. Let me recap and give you examples. He told Adam not to eat from the tree. They ate from the tree and they hid themselves from the presence of God. Then they were forced to leave the presence of God out of the Garden of Eden. They hid themselves first. They were in shame. Again, sin always causes shame in our life, right? Shame. They hid themselves with fig leaves, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Then God told them that they had to move out of the Garden of Eden. He told Cain to deal with his attitude in regard to God accepting Abel's offering. If you remember, Abel was a shepherd and Cain uh, cultivated the land, and the Bible says that Cain gave some of, of, of his produce, but the Bible says Abel gave the best, actually gave the first of his offspring. It's the principle of the first, right? He gave his first to the Lord and the best of the Lord, and because of that, God accepted Abel's and he rejected Cain's. Cain got upset about it and had a, a, the, the worst attitude ever because it drove him to murder. See, he disobeyed what the Lord told him to do. Instead of dealing with it, he murders his brother and he leaves the presence of God. Then he told Jonah to go to Nineveh, 
Jonah didn't do it, and he leaves. He flees from God's presence. See, when we don't do what he's telling us to do, we are being willfully disobedient, and we leave his presence. See, if you haven't experienced God's presence in a while, if you haven't experienced God speaking to you in a while, if you hadn't experienced maybe God's peace in a while, start thinking about and praying, what has God been telling you to do? Maybe you're not experiencing his manifest presence because there's some disobedience in your life. I brought my own amen today for that, so you don't have to amen. That's true, though. We leave God's presence when we disobey. See, that's why you can even come to church. You can even be reading your Bible, praying, and still not be living in God's presence. So as you start this new year, as you have resolutions and want to do new things, let me stop and ask you a question. What is it that the Lord told you to do that you haven't done or that you're not doing? Sometimes we're, you know, as we start prayer and fasting, we'll be asking God for things and breakthroughs. But why don't we do something different this year and stop and look back at 21 and say, what has God been telling me to do before I ask him for something new? Because the truth is, if we start doing what God told us to do back then, then we could believe for greater breakthroughs in the future. Amen. This would be a great time for you to start doing what the Lord said to do so you can continue again to live in his presence. This is not even about getting a certain thing or blessings or anything. I'm just trying to encourage you, man. It's, it's awesome to walk in, the, in God's presence, to live in God's presence each and every day. So you can. That's how you leave the presence of God. But the, the last thing I want to show you here is how do you enter God's presence? I could have put that one first and I debated, should I talk about entering God's presence or leaving God's presence? But I figured it'd be better to show you how you can leave God's presence. And if you have, What's the best way? One, I already showed you by obeying and going back to what the Lord's telling you to do. And of course, you know, um, Jonah's a good example of that, right? Jonah eventually ended up going and doing what the Lord told him to do. But number three, how do you enter God's presence? Now, there are many ways, of course, that we can enter the Lord's presence. But I want to focus just on a couple of them this morning. And we're going to get into some of that more in this series. Look at Psalm 95, 2. It says, oh, come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us Shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with a song of thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with songs. Look at Psalm 100, 1 and 2. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. You picking it up there? One of the best ways to enter God's presence is through singing, praise, and worship. Amen? Through music. That's why we have a worship set, as we call it, or praise and worship before we do anything else on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, even prayer meetings. If you've never been to a prayer meeting, talk about it more in a minute and you come. Every single prayer meeting, we're going to have worship. As we understand that worship helps us to enter into God's presence. Right. I know for me and most of you, too, you know what? I love to worship. I didn't say I can sing. I said I love to worship. Right. Because I understand how it, it helps us to enter in, helps me to enter in to his his manifest presence. We're going to look at this more in this series because I believe some of you really may not understand how important praise and worship really is. You know, some people I've even heard people say, and Pastor Todd's people have told him, yeah, I don't really come, I don't, I don't really like the music part of the service. I just like to come for the, for the word. You're missing it. Like if you're in here today, if you're watching online, you're missing it if you just say, I don't like to come for the music part. 
This is not a concert part of church. This is worship. And we're, we're, we're entering into God's manifest presence. I've even heard it say, too, about our hearts. It's like we talk about the, the word of God. Jesus said the word of God is the seed, right? And we plant it in our hearts. And sometimes we walk in here with hard hearts. And worship, one of the things worship does when you get in God's presence, it plows up the hard ground of your heart to be able to receive the seed of the word of God. Right? Because the Bible tells us, amen, the Bible tells us that in his presence, the mountains melt like wax. In his omnipresence? No. In his manifest presence, the mountains melt like wax. So if you're dealing with a hard heart, maybe willful sin, all of these things, man, worship helps to break those things down. Now, again, I didn't, some of you might say, well, Brandon, I'm not musically inclined. Well, join the club, line up behind me, man. Neither am I, right? But that's not what I'm talking about. It's not about our skill set or if we're musically inclined or if we can sing or not. It's about giving praise and worship to the one who's worthy of all praise and all worship. That's what I'm talking about. We enter God's presence because I believe we're putting God back on the throne. He's already on the throne, but the throne of our hearts. We're making him know, we're letting him know that he's the, 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 the sovereign one, the holy one, right? The righteous one. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Every time we come and we sing and we give him praise. Many of you experience God's presence again when you come to services because we're all worshiping the Lord together. And we know that there's power, just like there's power and agreement when I pray for you again. I don't have to know exactly what you're going through, but I know that if I can pray for you and come in agreement and just say, Lord, touch them where they're at, there's power and agreement, just as there's power when we worship together, right? Remember, it's not about just feeling God's presence. It's about experiencing his manifest presence. You will sense his presence. You can't feel it because of peace, right? The Bible says that the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, right? You, to know you have peace, you feel peace, right? It's not just about, but it's not just about a feeling. God wants us, wants to make himself known, seen, recognized, and understood, right? You know, I, as I was preparing, I thought about something that happened to me quite a few years ago. Me and some of the staff were at a, a conference out of state and, um, and I'll be honest, as much even as I love to worship, I guess I was just, I think I was tired. I had drove everybody up there and we had been having ses- sessions. And uh, one of the worship sets, I remember just thinking like, man, you know, I'm going to just kind of like, I think I'm going to just take this one off, so to speak. I went get me some coffee and like we serve coffee in here, so I wouldn't even plan on talking about this. But this is, I guess, a good thing to talk about. Don't let coffee distract you from worshiping the Lord. And I'm, I'm going to give you an example of myself. I went in there. Thankfully, the Lord's bigger than a cup of coffee. Because I went in there almost like I'm just going to take this set off and just kind of just enjoy my coffee and just kind of watch everybody else worship. And as I'm sitting there sipping my coffee, not even engaged, there was one line in that song that as they all sang that song, man, I just broke. I just began to start weeping. And what happened? I started thinking about it. God's manifest presence was there because there was thousands of people worshiping. And one, God knew where I was at and exactly what I needed to hear. And through that, that line, through that lyric, he spoke to me. And I tell you what, and I just broke. I began to weep. Then, you know, I'm a little hard-headed. Then I put my coffee down and I lifted my hands and began to worship. God's like, no, you don't need to take this one off, big boy. You need to enter into my presence, right? And it just reminded me, like, man, even without me being engaged, the manifest presence of God was so strong in that place, God spoke directly to me. I didn't even know I needed I thought I just needed to take a little time off and sip on my coffee. I need to rest up for this next session and take good notes so come back and apply it to to our church, right? But no, 
No, God was making himself known to me. He was speaking to me exactly where I was at and what I needed to hear. Amen? And it just reminded me of that. So listen, worship is such an important part to enter into God's presence. And the reason that happened, we find it in Psalm 22, 3. Something happens again. Look, it says, but you are holy. David's saying this to God. Oh, you who inhabits the praises of Israel. Now, he's specific about Israel. Israel is his people, but we're all God's people, right? So when we praise together, he, he inhabits our praises. The word inhabit means to live in or occupy a place or an environment. I've even heard people pray it and say it, and I've even prayed it. God, we don't want just a visitation. We want a habitation. We don't want God to just visit us on Sunday mornings and then leave or in our quiet times at our house when we worship or sing or pray. I don't want God to just visit. No, I want to, I want him to inhabit my praises. I want him to live with me and in me and understand and know his manifest presence. That's why they're calling this series living in his presence, right? See, King David understood this. He inhabits us as we praise him and we worship him together. Amen. I hope and pray that in this new year, your desire would not only be to experience his presence on Sunday, but to live in his presence each and every day. So worship, and again, we'll get more into that. We'll talk about worship more uh, in this series. Another way to enter into God's presence is through prayer and fasting. Let's, let's look at prayer first. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, I say to you that if two, believe, two believers are on earth, agree, this is Jesus, by the way, speaking, that is, are of one mind in harmony about anything that they ask, right, as they ask, that's prayer, within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So I love how the Amplified puts that in. People say, well, man, I've been praying and God's not answering my prayer. It may not be the will of God. That's why. Jesus said anything you ask within the will of God. Amen? So that's just a side note. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am there among them. What does that mean? He manifests his presence among us, Right? When we're praying together, he said, if you ask anything in my name, according to my will, I'm right there in your presence as you pray together. Again, because this context is prayer and specifically people praying together. So as you heard on the announcements, and we've been, I mentioned it a couple Sundays ago, starting tomorrow, we are starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we are going to start tomorrow at noon having uh Daily prayer meetings at noon every day right here in the auditorium and at 6.30 p.m. Sunday through, uh, I'm sorry, Monday through Saturday because Sundays we have both services on Sunday. So I want to encourage you. I was praying for you and praying for the church this morning that, that, that this year more people than ever before will, will engage and join us in this time of prayer and fasting. I want to encourage you. If you want to live in God's presence, a great way to start out the year is by dedicating 21 days to him through prayer and fasting. This is a great time for us to come together and pray in agreement. Again, and we're not only just praying, but we're fasting as well. So see, prayer is part of it. Like Just like Patrice said, we, we all should be praying, right? But fasting, a lot of times people don't think, well, man, fasting, that's, that's for radical people. But I'm going to show you in a minute, Jesus uh, uh, expected that we would fast just as we pray. Prayer and fasting should be a normal part of the Christian life. Okay, one person believes that. Prayer and fasting. Some of y'all, man, brother, I'm hungry right now. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. But it should be a, a normal part. 
look what, and I'm not getting into all of it. If you come to prayer meetings, I'm going to teach a little bit more on this as, uh, and some, we always just share some sharp nuggets before we pray. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, but when you pray, did he say, if you pray, he said, if you get around to praying, what does he say? When you pray, as Patrice said, would you agree as born again believers, we should pray that we're expected to pray. Okay, good. I'm glad you agree with that, right? He goes on to give instruction about prayer again, and we'll give that specific scripture. I'm going to be leading the prayer meetings tomorrow at noon and tomorrow night. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Now, look, if you drop down to verse 17, Jesus said, but if you decide to fast, what does it say? But when you fast, he actually then later on, he says, and when you give, I heard a pastor say that the praying, fasting and giving is the triple braided cord of the Christian. He expects that we're going to do all three, right? Some of you just gave financially. I don't think it's just finances. I believe we talk about you knowing God, living free, finding your purpose and making a difference. I believe it's giving of your time and your talents as well when Jesus says that. But let's get back to this. Y'all all all agreed we should pray. So you think we all should fast? Okay, I'm surprised. Good. Good to hear that. Now let my next question. Does that mean you will fast? All right, good. All right. Sounds good. I'm glad to hear that. Right. But listen, this is a great way to enter into God's presence. I want to go back to and I wasn't planning on it, but it's also the reason we do. And again, Brother Francis started this years ago. They would do that. He started fast. They would fast in January. Pastor Ty continued it. We also feel like just as as Abel gave his first to the Lord, just like you should tithe and give your first part of your finances to the Lord, 10 percent of your income. We believe fasting in January is it's like a tithe of our year, so to speak. You're giving your first to the Lord. You're taking the first part of month. And I really love how it, it really started early. Sometimes it starts a little later in January, the way that the first falls. But third day of the, of the year, right? Tomorrow, January 3rd, we start out by praying and fasting and giving the first part to the Lord. Amen? Jesus expects, again, as born-again believers, that we're going to both pray and fast. Now, we know Jesus never tells us to do something that he hasn't done, right? We can show, and I want to show you, Jesus fasted as well. Matthew 4, 1 and 8. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Let me just prepare you. When you fast, you will become very hungry too, okay? I'm just letting you know. The members of the early church also fasted. Look at Acts 13, 2 and 3. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord with Lord, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul to the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, you see the combination, both fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Amen? So we combine both prayer and fasting. So what is fasting? Just want to get into it a little bit, then I'm going to give you some more resources. Fasting is basically, it's it's rest- uh, withstanding from certain foods, maybe even entertainment for a certain amount of period of time. We're encouraging you to fast with us for 21 days. So you may, there's all kinds of different fasts. We have a lot of resources. I'm going to give you this one right here. If you want to check it out, it's on the website on the app too, but it's also when you walk in the lobby to the right, eight steps to fasting. If you've never fasted before, it tells you what is fasting in more detail 
how to set an objective. It tells you different types of fasting. There's an absolute fast where you don't eat anything. You just drink water. A normal fast, a Daniel's fast, which if you see the book of Daniel, he fasted for 21 days and it said that he didn't eat any fancy foods, no meat or no special drink or anything. Pretty much most people agree he probably just did like fruits and nuts and stuff like that. Um, vegetables, partial fast where you maybe just Admit like one meal a day. Say, well, you know what? I'm a fast. I just won't eat breakfast in the next 21 days. Or I just won't eat lunch or supper. Or you may say, man, I'm just going to eat one meal a day where you take away certain meals. And then you are, you know, there's all kinds of different types of fasts. It may be where some people say, hey, man, I'm going to do sweets and meats. I won't eat any kind of sweets, sugars, and no meats, just kind of fruits and vegetables. So there's all kind of different fasts you can do. I mean, you see even now in the health community and the, the, the workout community, people do intermittent fasting for just for natural, normal health things. But really fasting, it helps discipline the appetites of our body and keep our spiritual priorities right. You're denying yourself some physical comfort and pleasure so you can focus on the Lord, in other words. But simply to deprive ourselves of natural benefit, such as food or entertainment. And I would encourage you as that as well. I always encourage people, man, you can, especially in this day and age, it's good to not only do food, but entertainment as well. Stay away from TV, movies, social media. It would do a lot of you some good to get off of social media for 21 days. I'm just going to leave that right there. But it really would, seriously, like to disconnect and like, yeah, but I, you know, I reach out to people and I get all that, but it ain't going to kill you and it ain't going to hurt anybody else to get off of social media for 21 days. For some of you, that would maybe one of the best fasts you can do. I said I'd leave it alone, but I guess I got back on it again. But it, all of those things, part of that, it's distractions. Social media, TV, movie, none of that stuff in itself is bad. I watch TV, I watch movies, I like sports, all that stuff. I, I, you know, but what a fast does, it takes away all these distractions, but also things that comfort us. I don't know about you, but whenever everybody's in bed and my day's over, I like to just kick back in my recliner and watch a little TV. I don't have nothing specific. I'm just watching a hunting show or watching the news or whatever. It's just kind of comforting to relax before I go to bed. Is anybody else like that? Just kind of something we do. It's relaxing, right? Just like food. We know the, the term, especially in South Louisiana, you've heard the term comfort food, right? Right? Almost everything we eat down here is comfort food, if you think about it, right? I mean, and it's true. That's why at funerals and stuff, people bring a bunch of food. It helps comfort us. You know, I read in a book years ago, and it helped me to, exp it helped me to understand this more, how much food, entertainment, social media, whatever. Really, this man of God said it this way. Those things, we use them to prop up our hearts. When we're going through a tough time, some people turn to even further, like drugs and alcohol, which I did for many years. But it could be food, it could be entertainment, it could be social media, just kind of veg out as, and on, on, online. And it helps prop us up during tough times. And what fasting does, it kicks all those props away from our heart to where we only depend on the Lord. And I experienced that in my own life. I wasn't planning on sharing it, but I just feel like I, I should to drive that point home. Because I understood it because I was going through it when I read that in that, in, in that book. Which, by the way, I'd also encourage you to have some good books. There's a book called Fasting. It's just called Fasting by Jensen Franklin. Encourage you to read that book. If you're not watching TV and stuff, read some materials on fasting. It'll help you as well. But, you know, we were going through a fast one year, and I already started my fast. And I think at the time I was doing a liquid fast, just doing shakes and, and juices and stuff like that. And, and we had been in the fast for maybe half a week to a week. And then my brother passed away on his birthday, January 15th. So he died right at the beginning of our fast. And I remember that night, his wife's parents owned a, a local restaurant here in town. And so, of course, whenever we found out and everybody went to their house, 
what do you think they brought over? A bunch of good, good, good food. And like, Brandon, eat, Brandon, eat. And I remember just saying, no, I'm good, I'm good. And I remember thinking, man, you know what? You know, I, I could go eat. I can break my fast. I know God wouldn't be mad at me, God, right? By the way, God's not impressed by our fasting. We do it to get closer to the Lord, right? We're not, we're not doing it to try to get a checkbox by our name in heaven, right? I think God honors it because we're seeking him. But I knew God wouldn't be mad. I mean, I knew nobody would blame me, even though I was a youth pastor at the time. Man, my brother just died, right? I mean, this is tragic. He's 33 years old, died on his 33rd birthday. And this is tragic. You know, I know nobody would have blamed me. But I had just read in that book that we prop up our hearts with all these things. And what fasting does is it kicks the props away so we depend only on the Lord. And that so helped me. So I said, you know what? No, I'm going to continue to fast and to help me through this tough time that me and my mom were going through at the time. So it was such a a great revelation for me. But that's a great picture of what fasting is. You may be going through something in your life right now. You may be believing God for something. Come on, let's let's put aside the forks. Let's put aside the, the, the TV, the entertainment, the social media, all these things for the next 21 days and seek the Lord, right? So we can live in his presence. I believe that, you know, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I believe that it'll help us. Remember, earlier I said prayer and fasting helps us to enter God's presence. One of the many blessings of being in God's presence is experiencing God's power. Let's read now what Luke said about Jesus after his fasting. I just read how he fasted for 40 days. Now look what it says right after he came out, was tempted by the devil, comes out of the wilderness. Look what it says in Luke 4.14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah, you say, but yeah, but he probably always had the Holy Spirit's power. Well, he might, but I just know this. Before Jesus' fast, the beginning of Luke, it says that Jesus went into the wilderness led by and filled with the Holy Spirit. After his fast, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. I don't think that's coincidence, church. I believe everything's in the Bible for a reason. I believe after that 40-day fast, even being tempted by the enemy, he, he had an increase of the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe we all need God's power in our lives. Would you agree with that? Part of God's presence, manifest presence is God's power. And we need it because we need certain things broken off our lives that are holding us back. Maybe it's it, you got something you like. We call it getting breakthroughs. During 21 days of prayer and fasting, we hear all kind of testimonies about people getting breakthroughs, whether it be from addiction or sickness or marital issues or maybe emotional, mental, whatever you may be going through, right? It may be that as during fasting, God's power comes upon your life to break those things off. Maybe it's to become the man or woman of God that he's created you and called you to be to fulfill your purpose in this life and what he has for you. God might be calling some of you And maybe I've already called you to go help out at the pregnancy center and clinic. That might be part of your calling to use your time and your resources. And and you know what? And I I had this thought earlier. You know, you may be in here as a woman that that had an abortion and it was before you got saved and and, and you knew it was a mistake. You know, God forgives us for that. But you, through that, you can help a young lady that's going through it as well. And how God's maybe healed you and helped you through that process and healing they can help you. You can help them as well. That may be part of your calling. So we need God's presence and we need God's power. And worship, prayer, and fasting will help us to increase all of these things in our lives. Now, as I just, I kind of mentioned it, we got a lot of resources, eight steps to prayer and fasting, a prayer guide for your own individual. If you want, you know, different kinds of prayers in here, like they, they have all, you know, just different prayers you can pray through if you're not sure how to pray. Again, if you're not sure how to pray, come to the prayer meetings. I learned how to pray by going up. The first place I served at this church when I got saved was at intercessory prayer. Like right now, there's a prayer team praying for us. At both services, intercessory prayer teams are praying for us, for me, for you, for the word. And I went up there to serve. But also, 
I learned how to pray. Because I listen to people pray and I'm like, I like how he said that. I'm, I'm going to pray that way too, right? Or just being in that atmosphere. So listen, we're giving you some resources for you to pray on your own. But listen, when you come to prayer meetings and you hear us pray, we give you direction on how to pray. It'll teach you or help you to grow in your prayer life. Amen? Also, there's, you know, all kinds of things. And then uh, just a 21-day prayer God. Again, there's a lot of resources. And then also this, talking about the presence of God and the power of God. You must not forget about the word of God. I want to challenge you and encourage you. I've been doing this many, many years, and I actually use this exact one. I will literally take this one home with me today. And it's a, it's a, it's a Bible reading plan where you can read through the Bible in a whole year. This tells you right here, if you follow this, if you read three chapters a day, which takes roughly 15 minutes and five chapters on Sunday, you can read through the whole Bible in a year. Now, there's one-year Bible reading plans. I mean, you go online, I'm sure, on the Version Bible app, there's all kinds of ways to. If you've never written, read through the whole Bible, make that a goal of yours today. Make that a goal of yours this year to get the whole counsel of the Word of God. Again, I do this every year. You say, well, yeah, but Brandon, you're the pastor. Of course, you should be reading through, but I started doing this before I was even on staff here. And I don't, listen, I don't read through the Bible daily. Because I'm a pastor. I read through the Bible daily for my own spiritual growth. Amen? I, I have study days where I study, prepare messages that I'm preaching. I do this for me personally. This is because I'm a born-again believer, and I need to grow in my relationship and know him on a daily basis. Yes, God does give me direction and revelation on, on some, some messages to prepare, but I do this for my own personal growth. And I tell you, there's just something great about reading, especially when you're fasting. Let, let me tell you, again, your spiritual senses are heightened when you're fasting. When you're fasting and you're reading through the Bible, man, I'm telling you, you see things in the Bible you've never seen before. You've read it a hundred times, but you never saw something. The Bible begins to come alive. So if you've never read through the Bible, you can get a Bible reading plan. Again, these are all online, too. If you don't like paper, you can go on our app or our website and get all of these. It may not be, this might not fit you. You may have another Bible reading plan. I just want to encourage you. If you never have or if you haven't in a long time, let 2022 be the year of not only the presence of the Lord, but the word of the Lord in your life. Get the word of God inside of you. Amen. Because remember, what does the manifest presence of God mean? God making himself known to us and speaking to us. I tell you all the time, and I believe God primarily speaks through his word. Yes, he speaks by his spirit and, and, and through others. But for me, primarily the way God speaks to me is through the Bible. Is when I read daily, God will manifest his presence to you as you read the word of God. Amen. One more scripture. I love this. I read it as I was finishing up reading in my daily reading this year. I read this recently and I love this scripture. Zechariah 12, 10. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. Now, again, this is specific to this people of Jerusalem, but again, we can apply it to our lives. And I love this. He will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer. I believe the Lord will give us the grace we need to fast and a desire to pray. Amen. I believe, I pray this, I prayed this this morning for our, for our church, that the spirit of grace and prayer would be poured out upon us for the next 21 days, that God gives you the grace, because you will need it. If you start fasting and you cut out certain foods or a lot of food or whatever you do, you're going to get up tomorrow, or probably Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're going to have a bad headache. Because I don't know if you're like me, you probably eat too much sugar. I'm just going to speak for myself. And you're going to, or use fast coffee or something, and your body starts fighting it and detoxing, you get headaches, you get frustrated, all these things, and you need God's grace to get through it. But he'll give you the grace if you're pursuing him. Amen? Are y'all following? Y'all tracking with me? Because I know when you start talking about fasting, people are looking at you like, wait, what? You know, I'm telling you. But it, it's, it's so powerful. So I believe the Lord 
or give us the grace to fast and the desire to pray. And I hope you will join us. So I want to close where we began this morning. Hosea 6, 2 and 3. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of the dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. More than any other prophet, Hosea emphasizes the importance of knowing God. Isn't that powerful? More than any other prophets we read, he emphasizes knowing God. You see, here at Family Life, we emphasize it a lot as well. Matter of fact, that's why it's the first part of our vision, for you to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. See, for many people, knowledge means information, facts, concepts. But in biblical times, when you read either know God or the knowledge of God, it was centered around personal relationship. Again, that's what Hosea was saying. He wasn't saying just come back for sacrifice and rituals and religion. No, he was saying come back and to know God personally. To know someone is to enter into a close relationship with that person. Knowing God involves much more than simply mastering facts and information about him. A lot of people know about God, but they don't know him personally. It even transcends discussions about the nature and character of God. That's good. We have Bible studies. We have life groups. Those are great. But it's even beyond that. Knowing God means entering into an intimate relationship with him. It means identifying with God and learning to view everything as he does. A lot of times like, yeah, but in my opinion, well, sometimes we need to lay down our opinions and begin to view things how God views things. And when you come to know God and live in his presence, you begin to get the worldview of how God sees it. Knowing God will transform our thoughts, actions, priorities, and values, and, and even our relationship with other people. So as I close today, I ask, do you know God this way? Do you know God in a personal, intimate way? The only way we can enter into a personal relationship with God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Remember, the prophet Hosea told Israel, if you would repent and turn to God, he will restore you so they, they can live in the, his presence. It's the same is true today. If we repent of our sins, turn away from them, and turn to God, he sent Jesus to restore us so we can live in his presence every day. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? If you say, Brandon, I don't, I don't know if I know God in this way. I know about God, maybe even grew up in church, maybe even been coming to this church for a while. But when I, when I described even in more detail, what does it mean to know God? When the prophet Hosea said, let us press on to know him, it means to know him in a personal, intimate way, like you would know your best friend. If you're married, like you'd know your spouse, like you know your children. Do you know God in that way? Do you have a personal relationship with him? If you don't, here on the second day of the year, this is the best thing you can do to start your year, is to repent. And give your life to Christ. You say, Brandon, I don't know if I know God in that way, but I want to start that relationship with him today. If that's you, just lift up your hands. I want to pray with you. I see hands going up all over. I see your hands over here to my right. Anybody else to my left over here? Thank you. you say, man, I want to start over here on my far left. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, man, I want to start in the back. I see your hand over there, man. Thank you. Thank you. Over here. Thank you. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray. And, and the Bible says if we re repent and turn to him, we'll be saved. We'll be born again and we can live in his presence. Come on, those of you with your hand raised. Or maybe you say, Brandon, I, I once lived in, in a relationship with God, but I'm going away and I need to come back to him. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands up as well. You need to be restored. Sir, I see your hand. Anybody else? 
You say, man, I need to, I need to resurrender my life to Christ. Anybody else, ma'am, over here. More hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Over here, ma'am. Thank you. To my left. Come on, we're all going to pray. Those of you that raise your hands and even those, the rest of us, let's pray this together as a family. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for making a way for me to live in your presence. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I repent of my sin today. I turn to you. I surrender to you and I make you my Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, give me that grace and that strength to live for you and live in your presence all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's, let's celebrate with these this morning. Congratulations, God bless you. Whether it's the first group that made that decision for the first time or the second group that said, I'm coming back to God, do me a favor, fill out the card in the pew in front of you. It says connection card. You can bring it to the info center. We'll give you a Bible if you need. If you watch it online, click the connection card link. And come on, I, I, I'm excited about 2022. As you start a relationship with God, we can begin to live in His presence. Amen. For the rest of us, why don't we stand up? If you already know the Lord, the those of you that didn't raise your hands, if you already know Him, I love how Hosea 6-2 says, let us press on to know Him. Again, church, prayer and fasting is a great way to press on to know Him more. Like, like me, you may have been knowing God for a long time. But you know what? It's coming up on 20 years for me. Matter of fact, July will be 20 years that I've been saved. I've been born again. And I've been knowing God for that long, but I want to know Him more. What about you? Come on, would you join us? Would you join us starting tomorrow in prayer and fasting? And just pray about it. Get some materials. Decide what you're going to fast. And again, if you're fasting without praying, you're just dieting, okay? So it's prayer and fasting. Fast and, and pray on your, your lunchtime. Come to here for lunch if you can. Come in the evenings. Turn off the TV. Join us for prayer and worship. Come on, let's pray and ask the Lord to pour out that spirit of grace and prayer upon us to help us. Father, I thank you for the souls that were saved today, the lives that were changed. Lord, we do want to live in your presence. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts and begin to ask the Lord right now. Lord, we want to live in your presence. We want to know you more. Lord, I pray you would prepare us mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, Lord God, for this time of this season of prayer fasting. Lord, just as you did on the house of David, Lord, I pray you would pour out the spirit of grace and prayer on the house of family life, Lord God, that we would have the grace to fast in these next three weeks and a desire to pray and to press on to know you more, love you better, draw us closer to you and closer to each other, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. We love you. Hope to see you here at noon tomorrow. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down at the altar to pray with you. God bless. Have a great day.